Hello and welcome to Crushing Comics. This is the Comics and Trades Review Show from the Comic Crush. Uh, I am Captain Haddock. With me is Tintin, uh, also known as Paul and Liz. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of comics today uh, and some new trades and some sort of general comics and comic book movie news, as always. Just before we start, please do uh, like, share and subscribe because that helps us out immensely. Also, if you could check out either the web store or the Patreon, um, that also helps keep us going, um, helps us earn money to, to, you know, buy more comics to talk about and also just in general pay the bills. Um, we'd love it if you did that. You know, that, that would be a big, big favour to us. So please do that. Um so, Liz, before we start today, we've got to talk about the fact this is kind of, it's not the last show, but it's the last show for a few weeks, right? So we're doing uh, our Loki after show uh, from next, we think probably Thursday we're going to be on air. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out ourselves. <laughs> and also, sorry, guys, um, the show will be back you know, as soon as Loki finishes, we'll be back the following week with, with this show. So, so Crushing Comics is going to continue, and I hope you'll, you'll all continue watching. Um, it's just really we've only got time in the schedule to do one of these shows at a time. So, you know, we're both busy kind of outside that. Um, and uh, we are a day late on this, so you're seeing this on Saturday instead of Friday. We were both a bit under the weather yesterday, so neither of us really really sort of drag ourselves off our couches or beds to do the show sorry about that uh but hey we're only human we're only human um but great show lined up for you liz how are you i haven't even asked how are you i'm swell paul how are good. you oh i'm good i'm good i'm good feeling much better than yesterday um Ready to talk about all these great comics today? It's a good bunch today. Like, yeah, I'm really surprised. I, I, yeah, we, uh, you know, we always kind of, you know, just look to the list and see what's new, you know, what, what might be of interest. And this week we picked two comics that actually I thought ended up complementing each other quite well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did kind of say when, when we picked them out, it was kind of looking to be an all horror episode. Uh, and it kind of, it kind of almost is really. Um, we get our comics, by the way. I get mine at Gosh Comics in London. Liz gets hers at That's Entertainment in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, there are links for those stores in the uh, thing below, um, whatever they call that, the description box, I guess. Um, yeah, so do check out those two fine stores, depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on. Um, <laughs> but certainly, certainly very good shops. Um, so do you want to start with Basilisk today? Basilisk number one, Basilisk, uh, I should say. Basilisk, yeah. Basilisk. <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't we talk about Basilisk? Uh, so this is by, uh, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Jonah Scharf. Uh, it's got colours by Alex, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Gimeris, uh, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. Um, this is from Boom Comics. It's available now. I picked up the issue with the christian ward variant um i really enjoyed this right off the bat i've got to say i, I quite enjoyed this it's uh you know it's just a like you know it very neatly kind of throws you right into its premise and um, mm. you know which uh is 
supernatural and spooky, which is, you know, right up my alley. Uh, Colin Bunn, that seems to be a niche that he's very comfortable in. He, like, Colin Bunn is one of the most, I, I, I think, comic for comic, he's probably the most prolific writer going right now. I feel like every month there are at least two or three new Cullen, book, Cullen Bunn books out or graphic novels or, you know, minis. He's, he really gets out there and, and you know, pumps the books out. And for the most part, I find them quite good, to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, I think that he, you know, he is definitely like one of the hardest working writers in comics. Mm. You know, I mean, I, you you see his name all over the place, all over everything. Um, you know, it seems like he's always doing a couple of mainstream books, uh, you know, pumping out miniseries and, you know, of course, his own work for uh, publishers like Dark Horse and Boom and, you know, other smaller publishers. Mm. Um, um, and I feel like I feel like the his sort of like, you know, this his work that gets the most acclaim and attention tends to be uh, in the horror genre. Absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that really kind of turned me on to him as a writer was uh, Harrow County from Dark Horse a few years back, which I absolutely loved. Uh, and I do want to kind of go back and, and pick up the, the hardcovers off because it was, it was such a uh, terrific series. Um, I'm not familiar with Jonas, Jonas Schaaf's, Scarf, Yona Scharf's art, uh, but I really loved this. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I particularly loved those first, you know, like that first page or two mm. with the really kind of painterly style where the you know sort of zombie-like creatures are entering the town, uh, and it had kind of that almost watercolor look to it. Um, the coloring there was just really beautiful, um, mm. you know, really evocative of like you know watercolor painting almost. Um, yeah. Um, it, it's a great, very stylistic book. Uh, the, the colors are really nice. It seems to be, you know, chopping and changing between a quote unquote contemporary real world and this sort of more supernatural influenced past. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting comparisons to be drawn here with superhero teams and cults because we, you know, the group that we encounter are a, a cult effectively. Um, who kind of seem to be moving from town to town, and and what would you say they're kind of sucking the life out of people? It's uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like, you know. Um, and mm. or or at the very least, like you know, sort of destroying the town and you know killing the inhabitants for whatever reason. Is it yeah. is it to draw power from that? I don't know. It wasn't and super clear. Yeah, and I think it's kind of dangling a mystery. Um, I don't know how many issues this is going to be. I think five. Um, that's usually the norm for Boom, five or six. Um, but, I mean, cult superhero groups, they're both kind of controlling entities that um, kind of ask for an allegiance to a particular set of values. Um, and to a certain degree... Uh, they they both promise a kind of freedom, um, but can in fact be prisons. And and I mean, cults are something that that they're, they're kind of although they've been around. I think their cults kind of existed since the twenties, really. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe before that, yeah, you know. Sorry, I but mean, I mean, but in terms of, of the, the public consciousness, I guess is right, what I'm, okay. I'm trying to. Um, 
uh, and I'm alternately fascinated and really creeped out by cults, by the idea of cults and the way they operate, particularly religious cults. I mean, most recently, although it wasn't really a religious cult, it was a self-improvement cult. Uh, Nexium is probably the thing that that kind of right. made the news because of the, the amount of celebrity uh, connections they had. Um, uh, and I think that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. They are freaky organizations. I remember talking to, um, oh man, I forget his name now. It's gone. I don't know why it's gone. It's terrible. He's a, he's a really good writer though. <laughs> but um, uh, the guy that did Penguin, um, the Penguin miniseries, um, oh uh yes uh yeah greg I, I Horowitz. yes thank you thank you sorry greg uh i doubt he's watching but he he talked about in the interview if i can i'll have to try and dig it out he talked about trying to you know go undercover in mind control cults as research for his books uh and there's a lot of kind of nefarious stuff they do to just you know sink their claws into you um and of course the, the relationship to to god or gods if you like that cults promise you know a kind of path to god and i guess you could take the the kind of view that superheroes are the end of that path in a way um because these individuals are powered they are for, for intense all intense purposes superpowers super powered um people um and I found that, 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 you know, you've got this lead character in here. Sorry, Liz, I will you jump in in a minute. So, sorry. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Um, you, you've got this this lead character who, who appears to be trying to take down the individual members of this this cult. And in a way, I kind of looked at that as a rejection of God and his power, if you want to believe in God. Um, because if you can conquer God, you can conquer anything and even your own fears and past, which is kind of what she's trying to do. Um, so there was a lot of interesting stuff I, I, I felt in in the the book, you know. Um, sorry. Yeah. I, I, no, I agree with everything you just said, actually. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's loads of really interesting ideas. If I had a criticism for the book, it's mm. that there's almost too much going on in the first issue. Like, it feels like they're kind of just, like, ramming it full of, like, you know, kind of information and kind of sticking you right into the action, which can work very well. And I think it did work well enough here. But, uh, you know, it, it, in, terms of, uh, in terms of pacing, it's very sort of, like, breakneck pace for the first issue, like, in terms of what you're meant to understand about the characters and you know uh there, there's no kind of you know slow build to absolutely to putting yeah. them into the action you know and uh and like hannah uh you know it, who is the character who has you know who's put made it her mission to take down these chimera which is what the characters mm. are referred to the the group of five like superpowered beings who have been going from town to town um we don't really know anything about her except that true it, it seems like she you know she's got a real grudge against them you have to infer that you know her town was destroyed her people were destroyed somehow um it seems personal uh we don't really know to what extent but uh and also Regan, the character, you know, 
who has who she chooses to confront first, who seems to have broken away from the other Shimera. Uh, we don't really know why she's done that yet. Um, we just know that she has and that she is now seemingly going to team up with Hannah to stand against her fellow uh, super gods, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, I felt a little bit like I was plunked into the middle of like an issue two or something like that in a way. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I liked it, but you know, I like, there were moments where I was like, Oh, like, you know, this, this feels like something that's already been established. Uh, and I'm kind of like jumping into the middle of the story a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that the second issue will probably be more flashback oriented. There are some flashbacks in this, but not not many. Um, and as you say, we know that the characters sort of come come down from the mountain and they they come into this town and, and start doing what they're doing. Um, but you're not seeing a direct relationship between them and Hannah. Um, there there is also this other group that that kind of protects the, the gods, which is uh, all these the kind of super gods called the faithful. And I suppose you could make kind of uh, an, an easy comparison between those guys and, and sort of uh, fandoms nowadays, <laughs> um, who I find quite uh, ag aggressive in there in their uh, opinions, shall we say, and uh, are happy to try and enforce them. What are you trying to say, Paul? Well, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's probably a bit of a too much of an easy comparison. So, you know, I probably shouldn't make it, but there you go, I've, I've done it. And, you know, there, there's something to be said about survivors of cults and how this book treats survivors of encounters with cults. Um, because all these people aren't, the people that, 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 that kind of live in these towns aren't joining up to this cult, it seems. They're just fodder. Um, so it, it's an interesting kind of way to look at it. Uh, you know, these guys kind of moving around, sucking the lifeblood out of out of these, these poor people. It, it's a lovely looking book. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I think I'm going to kind of move on to issue two, definitely. Um, I don't know about you. If it's if yeah, it's, I think yeah, I will. Think? I think I will. And like uh, you know, because I I think there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, and I you know I'm a sucker for a good horror comic. Uh, you know I like when horror is done well in comics. I think it's sometimes a tricky proposition. And uh, so you know when, when something is off to a good start, I like to see you know mm. if they can kind of carry that through. Yeah, I mean there there is. Uh, I think the trouble with horror is, although you can control the pacing really well in comics, it's hard to build that sort of tension, suspense. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, you're spot on. You can't can't really kind of, you know, and it's hard to do jump scares even with the page turn reveal. Um, yeah. I, I think they're much better comics at creating a, a horrific atmosphere and sort of strange otherworldly atmosphere, which we will talk about uh, with some of the trades we've got to get to. Um, yeah, so really enjoyed it. Highly recommend that. Um, Basilisk number one, your local comic shop should still have some in stock, one would hope. Um, but do try and pick it up there. Uh, anything else to say on this one, Liz? You... Uh, no, no. I think, you know, if you like supernatural kind of, you know, uh, premises uh, and you like 
the idea of, you know, sort of uh, exploring the like sort of cult aspect of, you know, uh, something in a comic. Like, I, I think that this might be uh, a nice book for you. You know, it's worth checking out. Um, and I, I thought, you know, in terms of creating like a nice spooky vibe, it, it did the job. Uh, however, uh, for me, this was done even better in another book that oh, I read okay. this week. Uh, which yes. Is a nice house on the lake. Yeah. So a nice house on the lake, number one uh, from DC Comics Black Label, uh, written by James Tinian 4.0, um, or the fourth, as he prefers, with art by Alvaro Ma Martinez Bueno, uh, colors by Julie Belair, and letters by And World Design. <laughs> Um, I picked up the Martin Simmons cutter. I love Martin. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. His work is great. Um, and I always really like getting a chance to talk to Martin on, on the rare occasions I get to see him um, at cons or, or in, Yeah, well, if they start you know. bringing cons back, you know. Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely coming back. Um, we've, you know, we've got MCM in October. And um, I, I think London Film and Comic Con is, is happening. And. It's all, it's all kind of moving ahead. Oh, and uh, of course, Thought Bubble in November. Um, they've just announced Frank Miller as part of the lineup, which has, you know, caused some controversy, I believe, but uh, certainly worth it for a lot of us kind of uh, 80s comics uh, fans. Uh, so, nice house on the lake. I really liked this. Right, yeah, I did. Okay, so. Um... So in terms of pacing, I think this was more up my street because uh, like it's actually kind of a very like almost slow paced uh, first issue in a lot of ways. Uh, it's really all about introducing you to, you know, the, the characters uh, who are going to play a part in this. Uh, and it's a very large cast of characters. Yes. And um, so, you know, it kind of has to take its time in a way. Uh, you know, if it wants you to kind of know, you know, uh, who these characters are and what their roles are going to be in this story. Uh, I don't know what I I think what I really liked about it is, you know, it kind of reminded me of, you know, in a way like a lot of classic um, sort of suspense, mystery, uh, like stories like, you know, in almost a Agatha Christie-esque way. You know, sure. like uh, what's um, uh, what's the oh, one yeah. I was? Uh, and then there were none. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um. And it's yeah. got a similar setup in a way, in that, like you know, all all, all of these uh, characters, some of who know each other, some of who don't, uh, wind up not on an island, you know, not in a house alone on an island, but essentially that's kind of what it is. Um, they all, they all receive an invite from this mysterious character called Walter, uh, who has created this, you know, so, so he's invited them to this lake house, which turns out to be this unbelievable now, mega mansion. Yeah. Now we have to be careful here because I, I'm, I'm not sure. One of the things is like, how much can we reveal about the big Without, twist? yeah, we don't, um, why don't we not reveal the big twist, yeah. but. Because uh, I, I think it's all predicated on that yeah. thing. Um, yeah. 
and and I was really worried about that when I was reading it. It was just like, oh god, how are we going to do this without? Well, um, I think we can talk about it without like really revealing yeah. anything because I think a lot of the satisfaction is in I think um, the tension that it manages to create. Um, you know, which as we kind of were just saying is kind of a tricky thing to do with comics. But I thought that this did it really successfully, you know, in its like sort of just very deliberate, slow pace, slow paced introduction of all these different characters. And, you know, just the setup itself, you know, they, they've been invited to this, you know, sort of unbelievable house, you know, in secluded, uh, you know, with without really knowing what they're there for. Uh, but, you know, just sort of uh, given this opportunity that they couldn't really say no to either. And, you know, we we kind of we kind of have a character who seems to be the heroine at this point or, mm. uh, you know, sort of a protagonist. Yeah, and, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. So we're seeing she's referred to as the artist. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting thing. All the characters in there are given these kind of occupational nomenclatures. Um, the artist, the consultant. This, and symbols that. as well. Yeah. Um, which, you know, kind of, again, it's comics, so it always makes you think of kind of superheroism and, and things like that. Like, are they, what are they being chosen for? Um, and they're all kind of friends of Walter, but they all kind of know him tangentially, apart from Ryan, who, who has this long-running conversation going on with him that happens via text and email and things like that, which is... Um, I mean, can we say what the conversation's about? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of it, it's like in the opening pages. Mm. So they, you know, like basically, it's it's them talking about uh, what happens at the end of the world. Yeah. How, you know? how do you think it starts with Walter's question? How do you think the world will end? Um, and and in the kind of like tradition of really good friendships, it does feel like one ongoing conversation. Um, like us, Liz, one one ongoing argument about uh, <laughs> comics and, and the uh, the quality or not of Marvel <laughs> movies <laughs> for ten bloody years. Always quality, always quality, Paul. <laughs> ten years, um, but but yeah, and and of course, everyone is invited out to this house in a nice house by the lake, and not everyone makes it. Um, can I talk for a minute about the technic technical side of the book? The I mean, the layouts are gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. It's, I, I think like, you know, the, uh, I'm sure I have read books um, drawn by Alvaro um, Martinez Bueno. Yeah. If, if I'm um, pronouncing his name correctly. Um, before, because he's done loads of Batman. He's done loads of Detective and stuff like that. But, has he really? Yeah. But I honestly, like uh, this is, you know, uh, the first thing I've read of his that really sort of just knocked my socks off, like, you know, uh, and made me go look up, you know, all the other stuff that he's done. I think he's worked with Tinian a lot. Right. I think he's okay. done a lot of like Tinian detective comics and stuff like that. Now, I mean, the, the, a couple of things. First, a gripe. And that is that I wish that the book was so beautiful I really wish this is another one like The Last God, which was by Philip Kennedy Johnson and I think Ricardo Federighi. 
Federici, um, on the black label kind of imprint, I wish they would done they had done this, you know, as the other black label books in the really big kind of square bound format. Uh, because I think the art would hold up here. And I think it's particularly with the massive spreads um, that use great big, beautiful central images and then lots of panels going on around it. Um, but they didn't make that decision, uh, you know, sadly. That, 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 but that's my only gripe. That's my right. only gripe, really. I, I really enjoyed the book. I mean, it's a real grabber. Um, I, I think it's... It, the kind of setup is great and it, it kind of lulls you into a full sense of security with the um the kind of almost the and i'm not being mean when i say this because it's a really good conceit but the kind of banality of the conversations going on you know yeah they're very concerned with how gorgeous the house is and and, right. and you know the 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 this you know home theater that's downstairs in the basement and the quality of the food there and you know so yeah, see, where where Basilisk, I felt like, you know, felt a little bit rushed at times. I feel like this very was very deliberate and took right. its time. And I, I felt like that was to its benefit. It kind of gave you that, you know, that false sense of security before it kind of pulled the rug out a little bit. And um, and I felt like that, you know, uh, that there's, there's a moment, and obviously I'm not going to say what it is, but I think you know the panel that I'm talking about where mm. it became like very, like, very freaky very suddenly and like yeah. that was a genuinely creepy moment uh you know i was like Ugh, you know um near the end of the book and i sure. you know i applaud it for that because like like we said it's you know even with like a page turn it's hard to do that what? uh with with like a static mm. uh format like comics sure a a absolutely uh, and, and yeah, you know, comics are really great at controlling the eye, and uh, as we were talking about, there's massive pa panel layouts. But also, what you've got to remember is, unless you're reading a comic right up close like this, you're taking in the whole page at once, uh, at least on a on a kind of discrete level. You, you are taking that information in all at once, so your eye is going to be drawn to the strongest thing on the page. It, it is a kind of difficult thing to do. Um, and I, I certainly applaud anyone out there doing comics and, and managing that pacing really well. Um, the the thing it reminded me most of was uh, a movie called Knowing, which I don't know if you've seen with Nicolas Cage. Um, it, it, if you've not seen that, guys, give it a look. Um, it's really worth seeing. Okay. Um, Weirdly, it's, it's, like it's not the greatest film ever made, but there's some there's things in it uh, but that's what it, it really reminded me of for me i there was a film called the invitation that is uh on netflix sure, okay Have you seen yeah. that? like okay I, it's not but okay it's, it's actually really excellent and like totally different premise uh in most ways but the, the, like the the setup is that this group of friends uh you know all receive an invitation to this party in a big fancy house you know where some of their friends are uh you know having a dinner and you know it, it all goes weird from there uh yeah. so i, I do want to that is a very good film it's it was on you know it's had been on netflix i don't know if it still is but uh but you know if you're a fan of horror that is actually a great film there, there, there is something about the, the the kind of 
setup of friends meeting at a remote location or you know an enclosed location whether it's the you know a nice house on the lake or you know somewhere for a dinner pie i know you've talked about the invitation a lot because whenever we we kind of talk about horror that always comes up as one of your kind of top picks i do like it a lot yeah it's, it's a good yeah. one and it's a, it's one that i don't know like you know if uh, a lot of people might have seen per se so i like to recommend it yeah it, it does pop up in a lot of lists of oh films that are really good that you might not have mm -hmm. seen and um I, I do keep meaning to check it out i'll have to see if it's still on netflix there was another movie and i can't remember what it's called uh it wasn't synchronicity it's a title like like it's a one word title um that was about a bunch of people who turn up at a house and they're they kind of get gradually replaced by doubles Oh, oh, I know Nicholas this. Brendan and, I know this. Yeah, yeah that was, was really, really good. good. I can't remember what it's called. Um, yeah. Oh, God, that's going to drive me nuts. All right, if anybody uh, out there happens to recall the name of this Drop film. it in the comics box. Comments <laughs> yep. box. Yeah. Uh, please, because I, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, that was good, though, yeah. Yeah. Um, although that has a more science fiction bent, and this, this... is quasi-sci-fi, but it's more... I, I, I don't know. Again, we can't say too much without... Yeah. revealing too much and I, I don't want to do that and I know no. you don't want to do that no. um, but yeah great book I would say go pick that up um, I do love the spaces in it again the, the layouts everything but that space all exists that geography all exists to be kind of shut down once that big reveal happens um, and I really like that about it um, so yeah give it a look uh, nice house by the lake black label DC out right now you should still be out I, I believe the book is instantly sold out. So it's sold out on a distributor level before it even hit shelves. I imagine they're going to rush out another printing. I certainly hope they are. It's it's not often you see further printings of the Black Label books, really. But, uh, True. yeah, I, I hope they hope they do it with this one. So just moving on to trades quickly. Um, I, I don't actually have the trades with me. What I've got are the single issues that make up the trade because that's how I've, I've read these things, but they are out this week. Uh, Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy, uh, which is a Black Hammer spin-off. Um, very much, I, I, you would love this. I think See, I, you know, like it's a gap in my, you know, yeah, I current, mean, current knowledge is on Black Hammer and its extended universe. I still have not gotten around to it. I have read the first volume of black right. hammer but you, that's you, it you kind of don't need to have read any of the black hammer stuff because i was a bit worried about that because i want to do a big article on the website soon that's like a big catch-up on black hammer but you don't need to have read that stuff yes it helps but also equally you're fine without it so this is the batman and robin legend kind of done in a much much bleaker style so it starts with a kid whose parents are killed right in front of him by a, a kind of ex-henchman of a criminal, like their version of the Joker here called uh, Grim Jim. Um, and he's the, the kid is saved by this character called Skulldigger, who, unlike Batman, is, is quite happy to kill and, in fact kills in a very particular way by using a bronzed skull on a chain to smash people's heads in. Um, so he, because the kid doesn't look away when he does this, 
he thinks, oh, that kid's going to make a good partner, and he kidnaps this kid from an orphanage. Like, it's it's really bleak. It's very, very bleak stuff. And I was actually quite surprised how bleak it was. But it's almost like, well, you, you know, here's the non-fairy tale version of uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne and his young ward, Dick Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> It, it I mean, Lamar some... does like you know a good job with uh, stories about kids that are you know just bleak as all get out. Yeah, uh, you know if you've read Sweet Tooth, you know what I mean. Well, uh, of course, the series has started this week on Netflix, which I, I haven't had a chance. Which to I have yet. not, you know, like I yeah, I haven't I haven't had a chance. I you know I think I I was you know we we were just talking on the phone or something, and I you mm. know you 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 mentioned the Sweet Tooth series starting, and I was like I don't know if I can you know face that again. <laughs> like I mean, it's a good book, but it made me just want to slit my wrists. Like uh, you know. I've not. I've only ever read the first issue of Sweet Tooth. I really want to get the new. They've just brought out, or are just about to bring out, a new compendium of the whole thing in one go. Apart from the return book that's just come out, um, so I'm tempted to try and get that at some stage if I can afford it. Because um, it's like a fifty dollar book, you know, it's huge. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and I'll certainly do something on the site for that if I if I end up getting it. This is. Uh, Written by Jeff Lemire and uh, drawn by, and I, I know I'm going to murder this pronunciation, so I apologise. Tonsi Zonic, okay, uh, who did a ton of good, like he, he he does some amazing covers. Um, he did who is Jake Ellis and where is Jake Ellis okay. way back when for mm -hmm. for Image. Um, which I, I might do a, a catch-up article on the site, actually, because I've, I've got those sitting in a box somewhere. I might give those a look. Uh, with uh, letters, I believe, by Steve Wands. Um, it, it's an amazing book. It's got a very brilliant kind of design scheme. There are whole panels where Tonsi just strips it down to what the panel needs to tell the story and kind of loses the background. So you're totally in, in the moment. And there are times when he, he creates like these kind of negative images with um, just black and white. And it, it's just a gorgeous looking book. So that's out right now. Skulldigger and Skeleton Boy from Dark Horse. And you don't um, need to have read Black Hammer no. to read and enjoy. No, no. Uh, they, they mentioned the Black Hammer stuff. But I, I, I don't think it's crucial. Just quickly, again, something I have to talk about. I've read in singles, but it is out now in trade. Uh, it's called Hellboy Universe, The Secret Histories. It's these three. So Rasputin, ooh, I always get that wrong. Rasputin, Voice of the Dragon. Um, Sledgehammer 44, both miniseries. And The Visitor and How and Why He Stayed. So these are kind of origin stories for the um, peripheral characters of the Hellboy mythology and universe and these kind of dive back into the original stuff the thing i liked about them is is I, for me hellboy is a a testament to the power of editorial and writer control in terms of how the entire universe because they're telling stories that range from the 18 the late 1800s all the way up to now um and they keep that all in editorial control and everything folds back in on itself and refers to something else, but not in an annoying way. It's like you'll see characters pop up 
um, who appeared in like they, they pop up in the 1940s and you know that character is going to come back again in like 1997. I, I think it's actually a masterpiece of, of contained, you know, universe building. Um, but that's out in hardcover now. Hellboy Secret Histories. Um, uh, like, do take a look at that. Hellboy Universe Secret Histories. Um, I, I'll touch on it more on the website at some later stage. Um, Liz, why don't we talk about a bit of movie news that I know is close okay. to your heart? Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, and I, like, I really don't have anything to add that you know you couldn't find sort of something way more in depth about it online. But uh, I have been like trying not to read any spoilers or any like behind the scenes stuff uh, on Spider Man No Way Home. Right. I try and kind of steer clear of that stuff if I can, because I don't like, uh, you know, being too spoiled. I mean, what we already know about it is already probably a little more than I want to know in a way, because it's if, just like, if it's true, if it's, if true, it's true, because... if it's true, but I mean, I mean, even things that we, we kind of know things we kind of know, which is, you know, that somehow or other, this film is, you know, is going to open up a, multiverse which interacts with the Raimi Spider-Man films if not uh also the Andrew Garfield ones <clears throat> so how is that going to work out I don't know I've been like you know desperately kind of trying to avoid finding out but something came onto the radar this week that I couldn't help but just like it's you know just a rumor. Pump. It's just, I, and it's, it's just, just a, a rumor. rumor it's just a rumor but how cool would it be if it's true uh, for me, super cool. So that is Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin being the ultimate villain of Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, come on. I mean, how, how much would that like rock my socks just so, so much? I like I'm not the biggest Raimi Spider-Man fan. As we I think we talked about this recently, actually, like on the show. I, I'm not, I'm just not. Um, I I like Spider Man two. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think Spider Man one. I, I don't know. I, I need to give them another look. I've I've got them here. I, I probably need to kind of plug them in and, and sit and watch them again. But I think the first two really like hold up. The the third one is like kind of a mess, but I still <laughs> like it. Uh, and I just I. I can totally acknowledge them for what they are, which like, you know, there is like a bit of hokiness about them. There's like, it's obviously channeling a kind of a more classic Sorry, version. Sorry guys, we lost Liz there for a second. I hope she comes back in a moment. Sorry, Liz, we lost you for a second there. Okay. All right. <laughs> we we yeah, lost you. Uh, 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 there's a bit of hokiness. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's going for like a more, I think, old school uh version of spider-man like kind of a 1960s version of spider-man but throwing it into a like you know quasi contemporary setting okay. uh you know so there's it's not the same spider-man that you're gonna get from you know the tom holland films which yeah. i think are you know for me are like the high bar uh so there are a lot of people who actually prefer the raimi films uh you know who who kind of still hold those up as as their favorites i really like them a lot but uh, you know, I think what I like the most about them uh, is some of the actors in those roles. So uh, 
uh, you know, I flipped my lid when we saw at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, the return of J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson that blew my mind. And I, you know, so that, you know, that, that should have probably been a little bit of foreshadowing for me. Uh, you know, if, if this sure. is the direction they're going to go in, it's like, okay, so what rules are we playing by now? Uh, if we can have J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson again, why can't we have Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn again? Somehow or other. I mean, because I mean, yeah, Norman yeah. Osborn is like one of my absolute favorite Marvel villains. Uh, uh -huh. You know, there's like this unbelievable era of uh, Bendis comics wherein Norman Osborn just reigns supreme. And I like I love that stuff that, you know, I mean, the, the, for a good solid, like, I don't know, five, ten years, Norman Osborn just ruled the Marvel Universe. Uh, you know, and it's all these comics that I absolutely love, Dark Avengers and um, that Bendis New Avengers and like all of that kind of post-Secret Invasion, really. So if they're going to bring back the reign of Nor Norman Osborn into, you know, the current MCU timeline, like yeah. I would love that. And I thought that Willem Dafoe did like a fantastic job of being Norman Osborn. Uh, and now, of course, like, you know, the uh, the dream casting uh at the time was uh Tommy Lee Jones, right? Okay, right. Um, I don't know. Like was it <laughs> I'm, okay, well there you know how like uh Samuel Jackson was basically, you know, they just drew Nick Fury as sure, Samuel L. Sure, Jackson. Sure. Right. Uh they drew Norman Osborn as Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I don't see him ever doing another one of those movies though after. Oh no, I don't think he would. Like, like... I don't think he would ever come back. I, I think they're far too frivolous, at least in his mind. Oh yeah, no. But I think that uh, like as far as actual casting, I thought Willem Dafoe did a so, great job. And we've lost you again. <laughs> so, if we lost what you is again, going then, on? <laughs> Why? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I blame you. <laughs> well, why can you blame me? It's not my internet. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Live video. What can you do? What can you do? Live video. Um, we'll, we'll work through it. We're professionals, Liz. <laughs> Probably. Very professional. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'll, I'll wait and see. I, I think those characters or those versions of the characters, those actors seen through the or done through the filter of the MCU and Feige and those guys is probably going to be really good. Um, I, I think he does like, you know, surely he's got to come away as being the best producer of the last 20 years, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Um, if not studio head, um, because really do studio heads stay at their jobs for as long as, as Feige is, as stated is. Um, but yeah, some some amazing stuff to look forward to. I think with that we will know more. There was a fake teaser going around uh, that that I think a couple of websites kind of fell for. But upon closer look, if you look for it, they were kind of. It, I mean, it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor, like yeah, you know. It's but just a rumor. It's it, it's a rumor that kind of like got me all hyped up. Yeah. Um, so one thing I do want to talk about. Um, in, in deference to the thing I was going to talk about, actually, I just remembered there was something else I wanted to cover. 
which is comic book TV uh, related. And that is the announcement this week from Netflix. They won't be continuing with Jupiter's Legacy. Ah, wow. Which I'm really... They, they've basically released all the actors from their contracts, which is kind of a way of saying, no, we won't be doing another, another season. Um, and I'm really shocked at that because for the first week it, it was out, uh, it was the number one show all over the world. Wow. Uh, something like 639 million views. And it, it's just like, I, I find it utterly baffling that a show with that sort of early success, I mean, that there was a lot of critical derision from some areas. I think some of that coming from fandom, which, you know, seems to be the super crucial thing right now. Um, uh, and I'm just really shocked. Yeah, I actually, I are. mean, I didn't, I didn't know that that had, you know, that that yeah, happened. Like, I, I still haven't watched the show, um, and you know, I think right. we, we 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 discussed it a little bit, and you sort yeah. of said like, you know, maybe some of the issues might have to do with budget, like you know, it's uh, apparently it was massively expensive, um, right. There's some of it, and, and again, no disrespect to the show, that doesn't appear that expensive. And I think part of that for me is poss possibly it's been done on purpose in terms of making it look more real. You know, um, you know what, what does someone in spandex really look like out on the street? You know, it, and that sort of stuff. However, like I, I was quite, I was just really surprised to hear the news. Instead, what they've done is they seem to have elevated Super Crooks, which was the next series they were going to do from animation to live action. Okay. And they're trying to sell Super Crooks as a spin-off from Jupiter's Legacy, which I don't think it ever was. Like Super Crooks was not that I know of no. years before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I need to dig out the, the original issues from I think. Uh so lots of sort of spin from the Miller World camp on this. Uh, I I don't know how you feel about that. I have mixed feelings on Mark Miller. A lot of people have mixed feelings on Mark Miller. We do kind of get into this more on uh, the From Panels to Pictures episode, which is up now. Me and Nikki really kind of deep dive, probably a bit too much for people. We deep dived into Invincible and Jupiter's Legacy. So it's a very long episode, but that's worth taking a look at, guys, if you want to go and take a look at that. But I was just really shocked that they wouldn't yeah. be continuing. Uh, yeah, I mean that's really you know it's it's it it is shocking. I mean especially since the series has only been out for a brief period of time, so a lot of people who might not have watched it yet, you know, are probably not going to bother watching it, knowing yeah. that it's it's already basically been canceled. Um, I mean that that was like uh, what happened to that Swamp Thing series for me. Like, uh, you know, I had been excited to watch it, and then I think it was canceled almost before it came out, or same day, or something like that. I, I um, think they, they weren't even midway through the run. Um, although the reasons that were cancelled were to do with the location, I think. Yeah, right? Yeah, it was a it was a tax break thing where they they wouldn't be able to get the money back from right. the tax breaks that they were expecting if they continued. But the point um, was that I didn't bother watching it because I was like, yeah. why 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 bother investing in something that's you know that I um, know isn't going to continue uh and i have the feeling that you know a lot of people might feel that same way about Jupiter's I legacy I, mean, I i'm kind of happy to watch a one season thing even knowing it's going to be one season i, I was really, i'm just really surprised just really really surprised um 
but yeah anyway so jupiter's legacy do take a look at it on netflix just see what you think of the show maybe if you like it enough you can convince netflix to, to perhaps reconsider their decision um they've also said that they're now kind of reconstructing shall we say the magic order series which they were adapting from mark miller's book which of course was i think was the first book brought out under the netflix miller world yeah. banner um so I, I i don't know if you know everything is as rosy in that camp as it yeah it doesn't sound that rosy right now but well, it's not unusual for studio i mean by all accounts the pilot for game of thrones isn't staggering um and it was reconfigured quite heavily before it made its screens before the version that we saw uh, and you can still see in some of the costumes and and hair and stuff of the actors remnants of the old pilot um and in fact i think even some scenes are are left in in their entirety but yeah so it's not unusual for networks to do this um we'll see what happens i, I no. like I, I was just really surprised <laughs> just yeah. genuinely really surprised um but it also it, it's slightly cutthroat now you know it shows you know you've got well you've got a week yeah, yeah. I, I, I wonder if people would have had a better time of it if they'd shifted to that episode a week model rather than all at Yeah, once. I mean there is uh there is something to be said for that. I mean, it seems to have actually worked well for series like uh you know, like the uh Disney Plus yeah. shows, the Disney Plus Marvel shows, um, and the you know, their Star Wars series, things like that. Uh, and also some of the stuff that HBO Max has been doing, like, you know, uh, like Mayor of Easttown, for example, yeah. you and I both just watched that. And um, the like it, the final episode kind of broke the Internet uh, it, like it basically. And it, this affected me um, when the final episode aired. Uh, it screwed up tons of people's HBO Max and mine just stopped working. <laughs> and I was furious so mad i was like i just want to go and watch this show and it would not let me and, but apparently apparently i didn't even suffer the most because like people were getting different like errors so like i just like my hbo max was just freezing and like you know mm. it just wouldn't it just wouldn't go anywhere but some people you know could get in but then like you know it would freeze on something else but some people apparently like who you know got all the way to the you know the episode itself uh, if they clicked and pressed play on it, it played an episode of The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> like, insult to injury. <laughs> no wonder they're annoyed. <laughs> so, oh, amazing. Oh, but yeah, but you can perfect. see that, like, that how much excitement that builds. You know, to be waiting for a finale to happen, to be waiting like week to week to watch an episode. It's it's kind of like, you know, bringing that back, I think, is actually pretty smart because, you know, it creates a lot more conversation and a lot more suspense and build up than, you know, kind of just dropping a, you know, 13 episode thing in your lap. And, you know. Also, I think there's a weird thing with Netflix and its comic book shows. So, as you said, Sweet Tooth has dropped um on the 4th of june so yesterday um when you switch netflix on you you get a bunch of suggestions usually of, of what to watch sweet tooth wasn't one of those suggestions and it's just I, like i don't know how this series from one of the most popular comic book companies in the world 
you know, it's they're called the big two for the for a reason. Um, but they they did this with the Marvel shows where you'd actually have to go and hunt for them, and it, it was bizarre. Like, this is, this yeah, is such so a weird. stupid attitude to have. Like it, it's just like you need to shout from the rooftops, especially today. Um, but I, I guess it may, might be to do with the fact that obviously Netflix is in a, hundreds of countries now, um, and worldwide numbers wise. We're looking at our audience, the Western audience, but we might just be a small fraction of of what they actually need in terms of the numbers. Um, you, you know, I'm thinking of places like India and, and Turkey and stuff like that um, that probably have maybe a bigger bigger audience share, you know, which is why you're getting, you get a lot of content from India, a lot of content from Turkey, uh, a lot of content from Spain right now on Netflix. But surely um, they can control the way that, you know, they advertise things uh, country for country. Sure. Mm. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I agree that, like, it is really weird that they, you know, aren't giving a push to something like, you know, something like Sweet Tooth uh, that, you know, I mean, it was a Vertigo property. Yeah. You know, so it's, like, um, owned by DC and, you know, like, surely I, DC I, I, would I, want their products to be pushed, you know? I find it really bizarre. Uh, anyway, we've we've kind of come to the end. Uh, we, we, we're trying to get this done in under an hour this week. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a struggle, but you know, it's, I it's think we as... might make it. We might make it under the wire this time. We might. Do. I, I'm just going to stretch it out now. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this was not as bad as uh, uh, the Jupiter's Legacy show, where I literally said to Nikki right before I I hit the button to go live. Um, don't worry, we'll get this done in 45 minutes and 90 minutes later. <laughs> but we, we do really get into the weeds there. So if you like long-form stuff, please do take a look at that. I, I would love to get some feedback from you guys on that. Although, yes, it is a tough, you know, it's tough to watch for 90 minutes. Um, tell us how we can improve the shows. Comment below, please. Like, tell us what you think. Be honest. Um, of course, if you're going to be particularly savage, maybe just sit and send us a, a DM on Twitter. Or, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, An email. send it to Paul. Yeah, um, <laughs> Liz. Liz gets the best part of this. She gets to just come on, talk about this stuff, and go. <laughs> Paul will take your criticisms. Yeah, I, I will um, happily take all your criticisms. Um, and in some some cases, I'll even answer back. Um, no, uh, please do criticisms, yeah. comments, suggestions. Are you enjoying yeah. the show? Not enjoying the show. Um, I got a very nice email from a, a, a sort of regular customer on the web store the other day uh, just saying, oh, comics have arrived, and I just want to tell you, you guys are amazing, so uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for that, Anthony. Um, we've got a bunch of new subscribers. I'm sorry I haven't got to everyone's name this week, but um, we're nearly at 50, which I'm, I'm pleased with. I'll be, I'll be happy if we can get to 50 this week, um, and then onwards and upwards from there. I would love it if more of you are watching the show. Please do like, share, and subscribe. That all helps. Follow us on Twitter at the Comic Crush. You can follow Liz on Twitter at Liz C. Jordan. Uh, and you can also check out Liz's website, uh, lizcjordan.com, for more of her great comics writing. Um, particularly, seek out the Suicide Squad review. That's one of my favorites, <laughs> Liz did. I love that review. Um, but yeah, do check out the comiccrush.com for articles and uh, podcasts and more of these shows. Uh, every week uh, i'm a bit behind this week so i'm taking the time out to, to do, get some reading done um and yeah shop yeah. at the web store support the the patreon if you can 
it's from two pounds a month, which is is next to nothing. Um, the, the cost of a cup of coffee per month, you can have uh, bonus content. Uh, which actually, Liz, we do need to make some bonus content. <laughs> so I think for, uh, for for Loki, we we probably have we, to. We should, and um, yeah. you know, and and we are happy to take suggestions. Yes. Um, so yeah, like we. I mean, yeah, we basically we would love uh, to interact with you guys, anyone who's watching. Uh, so mm. please uh, do feel free to leave us comments, feedback, and requests for you know things you might be interested in in terms of bonus content. Yeah. Uh, and the like so yeah. or, or regular content if you want to talk to us to talk about a particular subject or comic here we can do a, a little special on it we're always looking to do more stuff uh but next week probably around thursday our first uh loki, loki. series yes uh liz is super excited about that I um, actually, I, I'll be honest, I am too. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Liz, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for dropping by again. Um, thanks for your time and your uh, your opinions on the books this week. I've, I've absolutely loved hearing what you had to say. Uh, goodbye, guys. We're off. All right. Thank you so much. And Bye.